0: Hi, and welcome to the Dynamic Duel Podcast, a weekly show where we review superhero films and debate the superiority between Marvel and DC by comparing their characters in stat based battle simulations. I'm Johnny DC, and I'm his twin brother, Marvelous Joe. And welcome to episode 100, our 100th episode. We made it! Achievement Unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> Henceforth, I will always think of my life in two categories, before episode 100 and after episode 100. Right, because everything changes after this, right? Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Many hours of recording and arguing with Jonathan, but this will make it all worth it because in this episode, we will be pitting the Justice League versus the Avengers. What? It's going to be seven characters versus seven characters, which is an insane amount of work. Yeah, a lot of work went into nailing down the stats for each of these characters and it's matrices of data that you have to compare. Right. So we have already started preliminary work on comparing this data, but we will go ahead and finish it during the course of this episode and present you guys with the winner between these two super teams of Marvel and DC. Yeah, and we'll reveal who exactly we're using on these rosters once we get into the duel right before that there's quite a bit of news this week we're going to be talking about sony's announcement that they are doing a sequel and all-female spinoff for spider-man into the spider-verse mm-hmm. a blue beetle is in the works w- at warner brothers and a shang chi film is in the works at marvel studios uh, netflix has canceled daredevil Ooh. right Wait to way to bring my buzz down yeah what are you doing fucking buzz kill. episode 100 netflix awesome timing thanks <laughs> And maybe we'll be talking about the Captain Marvel trailer. It's a release, maybe imminent, or it may still be hours away. We're just waiting. Yeah, if the trailer happens to drop during our recording of this episode, we're just going to drop everything, watch the trailer, then come back and uh, report to you guys our thoughts about it. Yeah, so feel free to skip around. If you choose, the chapter times are in the episode description. Yeah, so you can listen to the topics that you want to hear. But before we get into all of that, we would like to officially announce the start of our third annual holiday art auction for charity. It's now live. This year, we're auctioning off art for Detective Chimp and Howard the Duck. If you remember from uh, previous years, we have also auctioned off artwork for Chip vs. Rocket Raccoon, uh, which was drawn for us by John Horsley Third. And uh, last year, we auctioned off Crypto versus Throg by an artist named Paul Heaston. This year's artwork was drawn by Shannon V. Sapenter, whom we met at Denver Comic-Con. And all the proceeds for this auction will be going to an organization called Women Helping Women, which focuses on crisis intervention and prevention advocacy for gender-based violence. So it's a fantastic cause that Shannon is, is super passionate about. So please go ahead and visit tinyurl.com slash chimp duck and we will be posting that link in our show notes definitely check it out if you're not a person who would typically buy artwork for themselves uh, of these characters perhaps you know a big time comic book fan who would appreciate having these this artwork and it would make a great gift right and go to a good cause Everyone benefits. Everyone Everyone benefits. benefits. (laughs) We will be reminding you guys about the auction later on in this episode, just so you don't forget, because it is a hugely important thing that we do every year. Yeah, uh, the auction, it will be on eBay for charity, and that only lasts one week. Right. So in our next episode, we will be announcing the auction winner. Correct. That means the auction will be ending on December 10th. So if you're listening to this episode before December 10th, 2018, remember to check out that link. And we'd like to give a quick thank you to those who gave us iTunes reviews from the past week ravage 51 and d casper the ghost as we mentioned earlier we're trying to get to 200 ratings on itunes specifically at which point we will meet all of the qualifications for our reviews of superhero films to go on rotten tomatoes and count towards that score yeah that's a huge goal for us and we'd very much like to see that happen so if you guys have itunes or apple podcasts please rate us you can leave a review too that's always nice but yeah we're trying to hit that 200 mark on the ratings We're like a fourth of the way there right now. (laughs) Please help make our dreams come true. (laughs) And with that out of the way, quick to the No Prize. So a No Prize is an award that Marvel used to give out up until the 90s to fans. Our version, the Dynamic Dual No Prize, is a digital award that we post on social media that Jonathan personally draws for those... Who we feel gave the best answer to our question of the week. But if you may recall, we did not ask a question of the week last episode. Yeah, a few of you asked us about that. And that was intentional for a variety of reasons. Right. But mainly because we want to give this episode's No Prize to all of the listeners. Everyone! Everyone! You get a No Prize! And you get a No Prize! Yeah. And you get a No Prize! Go ahead and visit us on social media for this week's No Prize drawing. And it's really cool. Jonathan drew it up. It's the Avengers versus Justice League. And it was a lot of fun to draw. And don't forget that each one of these no prize illustrations ends up as a T-shirt in our merch store. This one included. Yeah, so buy a 100th episode commemorative T-shirt because that would be awesome. And also included in this no prize, besides a drawing, besides a shirt we also have another surprise for you guys. We have redone many of our early episodes dual content. Yeah, a lot of our older dual episodes those were garbage. So we re- we decided to redo them for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those old episodes, we hadn't quite established what our format was yet for the dual episodes. So what we've done is we've applied our current format for our dual episodes and applied it to those previous ones, which means that we're doing in-depth character bios improvise a speculative scenario and how we think a match between the two characters would go before we give the results of our simulations. And the dual episodes that we've redone were Batman versus Moon Knight, which was our second episode. Right. Superman versus Dr. Doom. Black Canary versus Black Widow. Dr. Fate versus Dr. Strange. Blue Beetle versus Spider-Man. Aquaman versus the Submariner. Deadshot versus Bullseye. And Etrigan versus Ghost Rider. Oh my gosh, it's a lot. It's so much new content that you guys have to look forward to listen to. And so all you people who have been like, I've listened to all of your episodes, guess what? No, you haven't. Think again. Not anymore. You have eight new duels waiting for you. Just go into those old episodes and then make sure you check the show notes to know what time code to skip to where the new bonus content starts. Right. If you just start those episodes, you're going to be like, oh, this sounds like the old episode. But you basically have to skip to halfway through almost. Again, it's in the show notes. Yeah, definitely check those out because those were a lot of fun to record. I think we did a really great job on them. So, surprise again. Hopefully, this new content lives up to your guys' expectations. Hopefully, it was worth the wait. Yeah. And congratulations to all of you guys for winning this episode's No Prize. And we can't thank you enough for being fans of the show and for listening to us. Yeah. This all brings us to our question of the week. All right. This question of the week is a little bit self-serving. Oh, absolutely. But it is also a little bit of you know market research. So, <laughs> right, right. so we want to know... What has been your favorite Dynamic Duel episode so far? And why? Out of the 100 episodes, which one did you like the best? Which one did you find the most entertaining? Yeah. And why? I have a favorite. I'll reveal that in our next episode when we get everybody else's answers. I'll have to come up with a favorite. But uh, you can post your answer to our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or email us at dynamicduelpodcast at gmail.com. We'll pick our favorite answer, whatever that one may be, (laughs) and draw that person a Dynamic Duel no prize that we'll post to social media. I think our favorite answer will go to the person who's able to best explain why the episode is their favorite, I think. Yeah. But now that we've got that over with, on to the news. So Sony has announced a sequel and an all-female spinoff off of the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse movie. Now, that movie hasn't yeah. come out yet, but Sony is so pleased with how it's doing with critics, and they're expecting it to do well with audiences so much that they've already greenlit these two additional movies. It's crazy. It has like a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. We'll see if it stays there, but uh, yeah, I'm really it's supposed to be really to good. Yeah, yeah, definitely got my tickets already. So, the female spinoff movie, I guess, is going to star Spider-Woman and Spider-Gwen from the Into the Spider-Verse movie. Spider-Woman is Jessica Drew, who is a character that was experimented on by the partner of the high evolutionary in the comics and was given spider powers through experimentation, basically. Uh, Spider-Gwen is Gwen Stacy from a different universe, and in addition to these two characters, people are speculating that spin spinoff film will also include Silk and Madam Web. Silk was a character who was also bitten by the same radioactive spider that bit Spider-Man. So a lot of great Spider-Man characters here. Yeah, including, I think, Spider-Girl as well. Right, yeah. Spider-Girl is uh, May Parker, who is the daughter of Peter Parker and Mary Jane from an alternate universe. So, man, there are so many great female Spider-Man characters. Yeah, you could, yeah, definitely, you could definitely make a movie out of it. I was surprised that they were able to collect enough to, like, form a team. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Lauren Montgomery, who helmed... Uh, several DC animated films including Batman Year 1 and Superman Batman Apocalypse, she is in talks to direct this movie. And I've seen both of those and I really liked Batman Year 1. It was really well done. As for the sequel to the Into the Spider-Verse movie, they're looking at the director Joaquin Dos Santos who directed Avatar the Last Airbender and the Voltron show that was on Netflix. Yeah, the Avatar cartoon continues to be like one of my favorite stories of all time. They did a fantastic job with that. So I'm really excited that he's involved. Yeah, uh, this all sounds like great news to me, especially since it's expected that Phil Lord and Chris Miller will be returning in some kind of creative capacity, probably producing as they did uh, the Spider-Verse film. Yeah, their involvement is key because anything they touch like animation wise is just gold. Yeah, I really liked the Lego movie and... uh, pretty sure I'm going to enjoy Into the Spider-Verse. Like what people are saying about it is just insane. Like I read one review that said, if you're not a fan of Spider-Man, this movie will absolutely change your mind. And if you are a fan of Spider-Man, this might be your favorite Marvel movie ever. So jeez, I'm, I may be overhyping myself. <laughs> I, I probably need to manage my expectations. Otherwise I'm, I may be slightly disappointed, but either way, can't re- wait to review it in a couple of weeks. Right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure it's going to be good, but uh, you know, who's a better character than Spider-Man? Who? Blue Nobody. Beetle. They're making a Blue Beetle movie at Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I haven't heard anything about this until this past week. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fairly recent news. I um, remember they were talking about like a Blue Beetle and Booster Gold movie like yeah. about a year ago, and that was going to be called Blue and Gold or something like that. But yeah, that was going to be with a different Blue Beetle, uh, Ted Kord. Mm-hmm. This movie is going to focus on Jaime Reyes, yeah. the new Blue Beetle. Yeah, whom you can learn all about in our dual episode, Blue Beetle versus Spider-Man, which again is a re-duel. So check that out. Yeah, this film's going to be written by a Mexican-born writer, Gareth Dunnett Alconcer, who wrote Universal Scarface. I'm not too familiar with his work. I, I haven't seen that film. But it's good to have a, a Mexican writer for a Mexican character, one of the few Mexican superheroes out there. Yeah, I think they're trying to kind of capture the magic of Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, this would be a great character to do that with. And also, uh, in a sense, trying to capture the magic of Venom, which is doing insanely well still. What's the connection between Blue Beetle and Venom? Well, the power sets are kind of similar. So they both have like these alien parasites that like sort of have their own personalities and help them manifest like different weapons and things like that. Uh uh Although Blue Beetle's parasite is more like techno magic based. Yeah. So I think it's different enough to not be considered like retread of Venom. But you sort of have those elements along with elements of, you know, a teenage superhero so uh, Spider-Man. Like, like spider-man like, Spider-Man, like spider-man exactly exactly so i think they're trying to capture all these different elements that have been successful for marvel recently and, and create this project yeah it sounds like a pretty decent project to make into a film although you know we could just add it to the long list of undeveloped projects that dc has stated that they're working uh, on but that we haven't seen any movement on within you know the past couple of years or so or like nightwing or or batgirl right exactly um how dare you <laughs> uh this is happening <laughs> Uh I wouldn't be surprised if this happened even before, like, a Green Lantern movie. Ugh. We need a Green Lantern movie. We do. We we definitely need another. We need another Superman movie. We need the Flash movie. (laughs) But I'm not upset that they're doing Blue Beetle, like, at all. He is a cool superhero with a really cool aesthetic. And, you know, if Venom's aesthetic can carry this film, like, beyond Wonder Woman's box office, the Blue Beetles can, too, I think. Are you saying that you think Blue Beetle looks cooler than Venom? Because I would beg to differ. I think he looks as cool as Venom. I would still beg to differ. Venom is the definition of badass. Uh, Yeah, if your definition of badass is both bad and an ass. (laughs) (laughs) Blue Blue Beetle, I think Blue Beetle will do well in the box office. Uh, Okay, moving on to uh, the news that a Shang-Chi film is in the works at Marvel Studios. This is kind of a little bit of a bummer coming off of the news, you know, that the Iron Fist show has been canceled. Yeah. Because I've always liked Iron Fist more as a martial arts hero, more than Shang-Chi. Mainly because, you know, Shang-Chi has never really had any superpowers until, you know, recently in the comics. He recently developed the ability to replicate himself. Oh, really? Yeah. Like multiple man? Yeah, exactly like multiple man. Interesting. So, you know, taking that away, it's possible that you can make a pretty interesting film in the vein of like the old Bruce Lee style kung fu movies like Game of Death, or Fist of Fury or something like that. There is definitely potential here because you have a couple of different genres that play here with a potential Shang-Chi film, including espionage and, of course, martial arts. So, you know, if if we get something along the lines of like Enter the Dragon, that actually sounds pretty cool to me, but I don't know how it would play a role in the larger Marvel universe. It almost seems like a standalone movie, mainly because it's, it's largely devoid of any type of like superpower or fantasy elements. Yeah, I don't know too much about him, but, I mean, you mentioned he has powers. Ultimately, though, I, I think Iron Fist's power is more cinematic. So, yeah. to me, this isn't exciting news, I guess. I think in the end, I would rather have an Iron Fist movie. Like, maybe they reboot the character into the cinematic universe. But you don't know much about Shang-Chi. Essentially, he's the son of Fu Manchu. Like, the literary character? Yeah, exactly. Huh. Yeah. And, and he is one of Marvel's foremost martial artists. Is he better than Iron Fist? Hmm... That's a good question. No, I'd say they're about the same. Huh. So who would you see them casting as Shang-Chi? Ideally, it would be Bruce Lee. But (laughs) since he's dead, I'd probably go with whoever the premier movie martial artist is nowadays. The genre has kind of fallen by the wayside in recent years. Maybe like Donnie Yen. Is Donnie Yen? No, Donnie Yen's too old. He's pretty old, too. Yeah, all my favorite martial arts stars are too old. Jackie Chan, Jet Li. I need somebody young. Who's the star of The Raid? uh Iko Uwais but he's Indonesian. Oh yeah, we probably want like a, Ch- a Chinese actor for this. You know who I'm hoping for? Who? Jay Chu. He played Kato in the Green Hornet film that came out with oh. Seth Rogen. Yeah. Like, oh I, god. I have not seen that actor in enough films. Yeah, and he was pretty damn good in that movie too. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be perfect. Yeah, especially considering that Bruce Lee used to play Kato. So this guy also played Kato, and I said Bruce Lee would be perfect for the role. So therefore this guy would be perfect for the role. Mentioning Iron Fist earlier, Let's move on to the news about Daredevil's cancellation by Netflix. This one I only partially saw coming. I was hoping it wouldn't happen because it's such a fantastic series. The best out of the entire Defenders line. And season three was fantastic. Right. But the fact that Netflix did like hardly anything to promote Daredevil season three, considering it came out like a month after Iron Fist season two. Yeah. And they kind of buried the show within the app itself. I figured that Netflix was just kind of done with these Marvel series. And it has a lot to do, as we had mentioned before, with Disney removing all of their content off of that platform and getting it ready to put on their own Disney Plus platform. I'm kind of upset with how like butthurt Netflix is over that. Yeah, right. It's like, get over it. It's like, grow up. Welcome to the real world. Grow the fuck up. Stop being a little jerk. Don't you like money? I mean, they get paid for these shows. Right. But I guess none of these shows are bringing in the same ratings that they used to. I wonder why. But again, yeah, you could blame a lot of that on the marketing itself and maybe the quality of the Iron Fist show. (laughs) But no, Daredevil should never have been canceled. It was canceled in its prime. Season three was the best season of the series. Though I have to say that's probably better than being canceled at its worst. That's a little consolation to me. It's like Seinfeld. (laughs) But I'm hoping that these characters will see either the big screen or the small screen again in some capacity, whether or not it's a show that's going to be on Disney Play, which I doubt Disney may bring those characters to Hulu, considering that they now own a majority share of that platform. Yeah. And you can put more mature content on Hulu. And they still want people to watch Hulu. So. Right. They don't want to put all of their content on Disney Plus. Right. Exactly. I'm really hoping that they don't recast a lot of these actors. I really love Mike Coulter, really love Charlie Cox, and I really love Kristen Ritter. Not so sure about Finn Jones, although he, he did grow on me throughout the course of his series. So yeah, don't recast Finn Jones either, bring them all back, but this time give Finn Jones you know quality material to work with maybe put the Marvel Studios division in charge of the Marvel Television division, because as we know right now, they're very separate entities and they don't always play well together. Yeah. And hopefully that changes in the future. So checking in on this Captain Marvel trailer, it looks like it has not been uploaded to YouTube yet. So what we're going to go ahead and do is skip over that and we'll go ahead and talk about Captain Marvel in our next episode next week. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I guess that means it's duel time. Oh, man. <laughs> it's all come down to this. Justice League versus Avengers. Bring it on, my friend. Are you ready? I, I'm, I've been ready. I was born ready. Let's do it. Okay, so Justice League versus Avengers. These are DC and Marvel's two premier super teams, which is why we're putting them together for our 100th episode. It's the mother of all matchups, basically. It's not gonna get much more epic than this because the Avengers are Marvel. The Justice League is DC. And this matchup will finally determine which comic universe is better. That's not technically true. <laughs> It'll just decide which super team is better, but it will be a serious blow to the ego of whomever loses. Jonathan. Oh, I don't think my ego is going to be bruised. We're dealing with the Justice League here. Yeah, a bunch of kids jumping around in their footy pajamas, (laughs) pretty much. Uh, The Justice League members are gods. Uh, And what is Thor then? A loser who needs a haircut. What about Aquaman? Aquaman needs a haircut. No, he looks cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, the the way we do these dual episodes, if this is your first time listening to us, is we take stats for each of the characters and we compare them against each other, running a Monte Carlo simulation, which basically randomizes each of their stats along a normal distribution that accounts for all the variables uh, that they'll face in battle. Yeah, if you remember the Spike TV show from like 10 years ago, Deadliest Warrior? It's not on anymore, and you can't really find it on Netflix. (laughs) I've looked. It's the same method that they used. Right, exactly. So the reason that we do this is because it's a very kind of mathematical, scientific approach to actually answering the question of who would win between these two characters. And, you know, Jonathan and I are extremely biased to our own personal sides. So this is the most objective way to figure it out for us. Right, right. So There's no bias, no fan votes, no uncharacteristic feats of strength, just all stats. Right. And most of those stats are based on the official Marvel power rankings. And we extrapolate DC's character stats from that same criteria. Yeah, there's a few other stats that we incorporate as well. So before we compile these stats and run the Monte Carlo simulation, what we like to do is we like to give a breakdown of the characters, in this case, the teams, histories, and uh, go into a speculative breakdown of how we think the match between the two would actually pan out. Right. And I think I start first with the Justice League this time. Yep, go for it. So in the 1950s, DC Comics, formerly known as National Periodical Publications, successfully introduced new versions of Golden Age superheroes, including the flash green lantern and aquaman kickstarting the silver age of comics how come you're not known as johnny npp well how come you're not known as timely joseph <laughs> that would be awesome actually <laughs> so wanting to put their most popular superheroes together on a team dc developed the justice league of america as a callback to the golden age super team known as the justice society of america hmm. It quickly became one of their best-selling titles, selling so well that Marvel ordered Stan Lee to develop a super team for their line, which resulted in the Fantastic Four. Right, yeah, I know that story. So if you like the Fantastic Four, you have the Justice League to thank, so you really like the Justice League and you're a DC fan. (laughs) Justice League first came together in a 1960s issue of The Brave and the Bold. Joining forces to defeat Starro the Conqueror, though, according to canon, the team of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, The Flash, Aquaman, and Martian Manhunter came together as a team when they were unable to stop the Apeleax alien invasion on their own. Recognizing they worked well together as a team, they received government sponsorship and given the name Justice League of America. There have been many versions of the Justice League, though the first team set up their initial headquarters, called the Secret Sanctuary, in a cave in Happy Harbor, Rhode Island. The original lineup of seven members expanded to include Green Arrow, the Atom, Hawkman, and Black Canary. They also had a teenage mascot who joined them on missions named Snapper Carr, but he resigned after he was tricked into revealing the location of the Secret Sanctuary to the Joker. What an idiot. Yeah. In the 1970s, the Justice League moved their headquarters to a satellite orbiting the Earth, during which time, new team members were added, including Zatanna, Elongated Man, Hawk Girl, and Red Tornado. In the 1980s, they added Firestorm. Over time, personal matters and growing workloads prevented many of the original core members of the Justice League from providing substantial involvement in the team. After an attack by Martians destroyed the satellite, the Justice League of America was disbanded. Aquaman decided to form a team of young, diverse superheroes who wouldn't have outside commitments. That team, known as the Justice League Detroit due to their headquarters being in a Detroit warehouse, included team members Steel, Vibe, Gypsy, and Vixen. After a disagreement with the team's financer, Hank Haywood, who you can learn more about in our Commander Steel vs. Captain America episode, the team moved back to their original headquarters, the Secret Sanctuary. Eventually, all the team members of this Justice League incarnation died or left the team, leaving Martian Manhunter as its sole member. Businessman Maxwell Lord decided to sponsor his own Justice League, not affiliated with the American government. This team, which would eventually be known as Justice League International, included the Green Lantern Guy Gardner, the Blue Beetle Ted Kord, Booster Gold, Captain Adam, and Dr. Fate, amongst others. The team grew so big it was split up into two branches, Justice League New York and Justice League Europe. But after the death and return of Superman in the 90s, as well as the death of their teammate Ice during an event known as Judgment Day, the teams were fractured and their UN sanction was revoked. For a short time, Martian Manhunter led a team of rotating superheroes known as Justice League Task Force, and Captain Adam led a rogue team named Extreme Justice. Extreme! That's right. That all changed when the original seven League members, now with Kyle Rayner as Green Lantern and Wally West as The Flash, came together once again, this time to stop an invasion of shape-shifting telepathic White Martians, which you can learn more about in our Martian Manhunter vs Vision episode. This new team, known as the JLA, set up a headquarters called the Watchtower on the Moon, and it included members such as Plastic Man, Steel, Huntress, and an angel named Zariel, among others. This team faced some of their greatest challenges, such as the Lex Luthor-led supervillain team the Injustice Gang, or their own deaths and magical resurrections in Atlantis' Obsidian Age, and the Tower of Babel storyline where Ra's al Ghul stole and used Batman's plans for defeating each member of the Justice League. Their most traumatic experience, however, came in the Identity Crisis storyline, when the wife of one of their former members, Elongated Man, was killed, leading to the revelation that she had been attacked and raped by the villain Dr. Light years prior during the League's satellite era. Several members of the League from that time captured the villain and decided to not only erase his memory via magic, but also alter his personality and decrease his intelligence. Batman walked in on them performing the magic lobotomy and, outraged over their unethical action, began attacking them, at which point the other League members subdued him and erased his memory as well. The same Leaguers had performed the same lobotomies on several other villains over the years, and as all of this came to light, several more close personal relatives of superheroes with secret identities were killed. The murderer was revealed to be the Adams' ex-wife, and the superhero community was never the same. Most of DC's villains responded to the ordeal by joining forces and forming the Society of Supervillains. To protect himself and monitor and record all metahuman activity at all times, Batman secretly created a stealth satellite called Brother Eye, whose artificial intelligence was hacked and manipulated by Maxwell Lord who used the satellite to turn unaware and innocent sleeper agents into unstoppable killing machines known as OMAX. Wonder Woman was forced to kill Maxwell Lord in order to stop him, causing an even bigger rift within the Justice League and eventually leading to the destruction of the Watchtower headquarters on the moon during an event known as Infinite Crisis, during which time the JLA was disbanded. After the later event known as Final Crisis, in which Darkseid finally got the Anti-Life Equation, the Green Lantern, Hell Jordan, and Green Arrow formed a new, proactive, less reactionary Justice League team that was fairly short-lived. After the events of Flashpoint, in which the Flash rebooted DC's continuity, and you can learn more about that in our Flash vs Quicksilver match, The Justice League members met for the first time during an invasion from the planet Apocalypse led by the villain Darkseid. But this time Cyborg took the place of Martian Manhunter as a founding member of the team. A separate government sponsored team called Justice League of America was created by Amanda Waller and its members, which included Martian Manhunter, Hawkman and Catwoman, were chosen specifically to counter the abilities of the self formed Justice League. Another team to emerge in the New 52 was Justice League Dark, which focused on occult and magic-based threats. John Constantine was the unofficial leader of this team, though recently Wonder Woman has taken charge. Also recently, a new cosmic-based team called Justice League Odyssey has also been established. Hmm, who's in that team? Darkseid, surprisingly. What? And Starfire and Azrael and a Green Lantern and Cyborg. For my team that I'll be using in this duel, I'm sticking with the original seven members of the Justice League. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, The Flash, Aquaman, and Martian Manhunter. It's my favorite lineup and what I would consider to be the purest lineup. They are arguably DC's most popular characters. Though I did for a time strongly consider Cyborg instead of Martian Manhunter, considering Cyborg was part of the Justice League movie. But the farther we get away from that film's initial release, the less important that feels to me. <laughs> Especially now that Martian Manhunter is currently a member of the core Justice League team in the comics for the first time in New 52 continuity. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I decided I would eventually save Cyborg for when we pit the giant-sized X-Men team against the New team Titans with Beast Boy, Raven, Starfire. all Yes, yeah, yeah. I thought that made more sense. Yeah, that'll be a good match too. The Justice League, a lot of that actually felt like you were reading my biography of the Avengers. Really? Yeah, they they have somewhat similar histories in some regards. Um and I'll go ahead and get into the Avengers backstory. The Avengers are a super team among the mightiest and most renowned in Marvel. Though the roster has changed numerous times since their inception in the early 1960s, for a Marvel superhero to be an Avenger is a great honor and an immense responsibility, as they are Earth's mightiest heroes against the world's and the universe's greatest threats. They were first brought together through a scheme by the villainous Loki. In an attempt to draw his brother Thor out, he manipulated the Hulk into destroying a railway line. Responders to the damage sent a radio message to the Fantastic Four for help, but Loki intercepted and routed the message to Thor. However, unbeknownst to him, Iron Man, Ant-Man, and the Wasp also received the message. On that day, Earth's Mightiest Heroes found themselves united against a common threat. Collectively with the Hulk, they defeated Loki, afterward proposing they join as a team to fight the foes no single hero could withstand. It was the Wasp that suggested they call themselves the Avengers, and the team was born. Iron Man set the group up as a non-profit organization to cover its operational expenses and donated one of his mansions to use as the team's headquarters, referred to as the Avengers Mansion. The original founders formalized a charter and set of bylaws to govern their operations that the team still follows to this day. The Hulk, however, was soon found to be too unstable to help lead a team, so his founder status was revoked and retroactively granted to Captain America, the World War II legend that the team discovered frozen deep in the Arctic waters. Together, they took on threats such as Baron Zemo and the Masters of Evil, and the time-traveling villain Kang the Conqueror. Through the frequent roster changes over the years, at least one of the five founding members would typically remain on the team to lead and enforce the bylaws. The earliest instance of this was when Iron Man, Thor, Ant-Man and the Wasp took a leave of absence and Captain America led their first new recruits, Hawkeye, Quicksilver, and the Scarlet Witch, whom you can all learn about more in their respective duel episodes. Though the general public was wary of these three rookies due to their former villainous status, they proved their worth and mended their reputations by fighting alongside Cap against threats like the Mandarin and Doctor Doom. Some of the other early Avengers recruits included Hercules, Black Panther, Vision, Black Widow, Miss Marvel, later known as Captain Marvel, and Falcon. They tackled universal threats for the first time as they journeyed into space to help resolve the Kree-Skrull War, which threatened to spill over into Earth's solar system. As the team grew in influence, The United Nations became more involved in its internal affairs, assigning a governmental liaison and drafting a new charter that regulated admissions policies and set membership limits to just seven heroes, a move that Captain America agreed with to protect the world should the team ever be compromised. As a result, the team branched off a West Coast division consisting of some new members in Mockingbird, War Machine, Tigra, and Wonder Man. Though the West Coast branch eventually disbanded, it was a common procedure to have all former members on call as reservists should the need arise, such as against threats like Ultron when he destroyed the nation of Slorenia, or Thanos when he acquired the six Infinity Gems. Some of these reservists included Namor the Submariner, Photon, She-Hulk, and Cersei of the Eternals. Nearly all of the reservists were called into battle the psychic entity known as Onslaught, and many of the team gave their lives in battle, including the founding members. With most of the team gone, Black Widow led the Avengers for a while before the team eventually disbanded. It turned out the deceased heroes were merely transported to a pocket dimension by the Invisible Woman and Mr. Fantastic's son, Franklin Richards. He brought them back and the team reformed to fight against the likes of Morgan Le Fay, Immortus, and Scorpio. Everything came crashing down, however, when the Scarlet Witch lost her grip on reality after years of stress and her growing abilities. Out of control, she destroyed the Avengers Mansion and manifested an alien invasion that killed Ant-Man, Vision, and Hawkeye. You can learn more about what happened here with her in our Zatanna vs. Scarlet Witch episode. Simultaneously, Thor's home of Asgard went through Ragnarok, the twilight of the gods, and he and the Norse realms vanished for a time. After many months with the team disbanded, a group of heroes found themselves working together to retrieve the villains that had escaped the wrapped prison island. These heroes included Iron Man, Captain America, Spider-Man, Wolverine, Luke Cage, Spider-Woman, the Sentry, and Ronin. Together, they formed the New Avengers. The destroyed Avengers Mansion was turned into a memorial, and Iron Man built a new headquarters for the team in Manhattan, now called Avengers Tower. This new team did not have the backing of the United Nations, however, which did not sit well with Iron Man, and largely influenced his decision to promote the Superhero Registration Act, which would require all superheroes to become government operatives. Captain America disagreed with this, however, and Marvel's heroes divided themselves among the two viewpoints in the Superhero Civil War. Though the site for registration eventually won, the dangers of governmental control became clear when Norman Osborn, aka the Green Goblin, became the head of the international peacekeeping and espionage organization known as SHIELD, and restructured it into a new organization called HAMMER. As he led a group of villains rebranded as heroes in the Dark Avengers, Captain America and Luke Cage led a group of underground heroes called the Secret Avengers. After the fall of Osborn and HAMMER, and the return of Thor, the Avengers proper were reassembled. Together, they fought against foes like the Serpent, Hydra, and even the X-Men when the two teams disagreed on how to handle the return of the Phoenix Force, which you can learn more about in our Raven vs. Phoenix episode. After the events of the Secret War, when all realities in the multiverse were destroyed and then remade by the Fantastic Four using the powers of the all-powerful Beyonders, an all-new and all-different team of Avengers were assembled, though they weren't that different as many of the new members were simply legacy characters, new people under similar masks. Mm -hmm. But since that time, the team has grown incredibly diverse in its types of heroes, animating heroes such as Ghost Rider, Dr. Strange, the new Miss Marvel and Nova. For my Avengers team, I'm not necessarily going with the original founding members, but I would say that these seven heroes are all considered classic Avengers. So you won't see a lot of the new Avengers or the all new, all different Avengers in this particular matchup, though I will be using them way down the line if we ever decide to revisit this match. Knowing that I was going up against the Justice League, I chose a team that I think is powerful enough and diverse enough in their power sets to pose a challenge, and of course, a team that just says Avengers to me. So I went with the big three, Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor, and Ant-Man being that he's a quintessential founding member, Hmm. uh, though I did not go with the Wasp just because she largely shares the same power set with Ant-Man, and I wanted to mix it up a bit. I included Hawkeye, and Scarlet Witch, both who were early recruits and whom I consider the wild cards of this battle with some great tricks up their sleeves. Uh And lastly, I have Vision, who was another early recruit and a classic Avengers character. Yeah, that's a good Avengers team that definitely says Avengers to me. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I'm pleased with this team and I think they definitely can stand toe-to-toe with the founding members of the Justice League. So that does it for the histories of these teams. As for the characters themselves, they've each had dual episodes that we've done in the past. So if you want to know their specific power sets, go ahead and check out those episodes if you have not already. So yeah, with the histories out of the way, let's go ahead and get into our speculative scenario where we pit these two teams against each other. This is going to be epic as hell. The only rules that we set up for our matchups are that the characters don't know anything about each other before facing off. Right. Now, some of these characters have met before in previous duel episodes. but Like Martian just- Manhunter and Vision. Yeah, and-, and Thor and Wonder Woman. But we're just going to erase those from their memories, you know. <laughs> we're-, we're developing a continuity here. <laughs> so they don't know anything about each other. They just know that each other are threats that need to be taken down. Uh, We also set the rules that they start off about 50 yards apart in an environment that plays no bearing on the battle itself. We never take stats for the environment, considering that it's, you know, it's a variable element of battle. And some characters have advantages in certain environments over others. So we just say it plays a non-factor within this battle. Right. The environment is, is too big of a variable and it's an outside variable. Right. So yeah, these characters have to win on their own merits, not with help from anything else. Exactly. All right let's do it okay so who will make the first move in this battle i think it's pretty obvious who goes first it's the fastest one yeah thor no the flash okay yeah (laughs) okay so the flash quickly scouts the battlefield sees hawkeye runs up to him and pulls out all of his arrows from his quiver why hawkeye because he's the weakest (laughs) he's the weakest link in the chain in my opinion that's messed up Okay, all right, so all of Hawkeye's arrows are out of his quiver at this point? Yeah, and he gives the arrows to Batman. Oh, that's a shitty way to start off. (laughs) Okay, so that happens, and and the Flash is basically handing over these arrows over to Batman, and Batman's probably wondering, like, what the hell am I going to do with these? I don't have a bow. (laughs) (laughs) But the Avengers see what just happened, and right away, Scarlet Witch reacts by putting a hex over some of Hawkeye's arrows that the Flash is holding, and it sets him off, basically, specifically his what? explosive arrows. So they just explode right in Flash's face. Oh, <laughs> Uh So the Flash gets blown up. You know, he probably <laughs> stumbles and falls and he he'll. OK, I guess he'll be off like recovering for a bit because he has a healing factor, right? Uh-huh. So he- he'll be healing. Meanwhile, Batman recognized what Scarlet Witch did and recognizes her as a threat. So he tells Martian Manhunter to subdue her telepathically. So Martian Manhunter puts her to sleep okay so she's sleeping right now yeah oh that's a pretty good one okay so the team probably doesn't even know what happened with wanda at this point because they don't have any psychics on their team i guess if you could have considered anyone a psychic it would have been wanda but she just falls asleep so they're like what she's falling asleep on the job what's happening right uh charge (laughs) (laughs) so hawkeye runs over to his arrows and that, that, that are, are like scattered th- all over yeah. the middle of the battlefield yeah the ones that didn't blow up and he picks one up and he notches it in his bow and he fires it right into the crowd where the justice league are okay. and it's a sonic arrow and so it lets out these sonic frequency waves that like hurt the ears of the team and kind of disorient them okay but green lantern right away creates uh, i don't know like a pillow <laughs> that that counteracts the, the Absor- sonic- absorbs the shock waves yeah exactly <laughs> And that's when Batman suggests to Superman that he should heat vision the the string on on Hawk, <laughs> Hawkeye's bow. Oh jeez. <laughs> Dude, you're, You just really <laughs> want to take out Hawkeye, huh? I do What do you have against him? That's messed up He sucks <laughs> Okay, so, so Hawkeye is like He's like, oh shit What am I going to do now? <laughs> so whoever comes at him He's going to be fighting uh, with his boat Like a staff, basically Okay um, At this point They see that that Superman has done his heat vision And right. not one to be outdone by lasers Iron Man shoots a repulsor blast at Superman You know, knocking him back Okay, barely Barely knocking him back because he doesn't know just how durable Superman was. So he underestimated him. <laughs> right away, Green Lantern sets up a shield because teamwork, you know, blocking <laughs> the repulsor blast from hitting Superman and then fires off lasers blasts of his own at Iron Man. So I think those two are gonna be off like trading laser blasts at each other <laughs> for a while. Okay, so Thor at this point is gonna jump in and he sees that Superman has a red cape just like he does. So he's gonna be like, oh, you know, th- this might be my worthy opponent. So he's going to summon down uh, this magic lightning oh, shit. and start zapping Superman. And Superman is getting like really hurt by this lightning blast because okay. it is magical in nature. It does have some magical properties. And as we all know, Superman has no defense against magic. OK, but Superman recognizes that he's being electrocuted and he uh, summons for help from Wonder Woman, who is you know competent against magic. And she uses her, her silver bracelets to block the lightning and reflect it at Captain America. Captain America holds up his shield, obviously, and it deflects the magic off of that. Then he hurls the shield directly into Batman's dumb, fat face. <laughs> and it bounces off, and Batman's like, oh, my fucking face! Why do I leave it exposed right here? <laughs> Captain America leaves his face exposed no, right there. That's true. true. <laughs> that's true. Okay, except that it doesn't hit Batman because the range that Captain America is throwing this at, it's it's not like a laser. It's not going to move fast enough to catch Batman unaware. He definitely sees this thing coming. Uh, All right. So he dodges it and then throws a smoke pellet, which gives him some cover and some room to be stealthy. Okay, at this point, Vision is going to go ahead and assist Iron Man with Green Lantern by phasing into Green Lantern's power ring, which disrupts it from shooting out any energies. And he's like, what's going on? I guess that would disrupt the ring. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it would. But with that opening, Iron Man lets loose, like, kind of like a flashbang, like, flare thing that blinds Green Lantern so he can't see. Oh, jeez. That's like his one weakness! (laughs) Okay, so Green Lantern is down, but before Vision and Iron Man can can really do anything about it, all of a sudden, Iron Man gets a trident right in the arc reactor in his chest. (laughs) It gets knocked back to the ground. Oh, jeez. Meanwhile, Martian Manhunter senses another mind present on the field that he can't see. So he hones in on Ant-Man, who's been trying to do some fuckery, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what Ant-Man's been doing this whole time. See, Batman's, he's hidden in the smoke, and he sees what's going on, and Batman, he he, start, he pulls out this Batarang. Uh-huh. But as he reaches for his Batarang, he realizes that his entire belt is gone. <laughs> what? Because Ant-Man was on Captain America's shield when Captain America threw it, and leaped onto Batman <laughs> and undid his belt while shrunken down while Batman didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> Dang (laughs) And when Batman's like What what's going on All of a sudden Ant-Man shrinks to normal size While simultaneously Doing an uppercut And punches Batman straight in the dome piece Okay I'm not gonna lie I was unprepared for that But you know (laughs) Batman's Batman can take a punch For sure Uh But with his expert Martial arts skills You know he's He's a much better fighter Than Ant-Man So that's when he like Scarily fast Just like Disables The atom By punching him Like right in the solar plexus (laughs) And she's, like, making him, like, vomit all over. So he's too busy vomiting. (laughs) And then he takes back his utility belt, grabs some batterings, and then hurls them at Hawkeye's bowstring, which he just had gone reattached. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. Yeah, so Hawkeye was working on restringing his bow, and it was just disabled again. So he's like, God damn it. So by this time, the Flash is back in business. Okay. That's when he goes up to Captain America and just plows right into him at super speed. Uh, Into his shield or into... Nope. Nope, not into his shield. Okay, because he knows it's a shield. (laughs) All right, so Captain America is like, we have an enhanced on the field super fast look look for the blur or something like that and then Thor's like I'm on it and using his godlike senses he manages to to track the flash down he rolls Mjolnir straight at the flash uh-huh. and the flash you know who's able to kind of like slow down time probably right. sees it coming yeah. and starts running away from it but Mjolnir is like kind of able to keep up you know and Thor is controlling it so that it it chases like right behind him <laughs> oh geez. so the flash is like freaking out he doesn't know what to do because he's about to get hit by this huge ass hammer okay this is probably all happening like within an instant but Thor is still you know like momentarily distracted uh-huh. Because he was fighting Wonder Woman. Right. And this gives Wonder Woman the opportunity to wrap her lasso around him and bind him before his hammer can even get back to him. Okay. All right. So Thor is like struggling against the lasso and he can't break it because the lasso, of course, is indestructible. Right. So so with Thor tied up, she grabs her lasso and swings it around like in a big circle right towards Superman who like lays him out with a punch. Teamwork, baby. (laughs) Okay. So like Thor is like getting wailed on now by like Wonder Woman and... To Superman, and he's like, "Oh shit! I better call my hammer back because I'm I'm gonna need it now to fight these two guys, and I better stop making a chase the speedy guy." Right. Meanwhile, Vision flies up to Aquaman, uh huh, like and starts wailing on him with his uh, super dense fists. Okay, that's when Aquaman summons a kraken <laughs> to uh, eat Vision. Okay, but then Vision just turns intangible, flies out of the kraken, and then continues wailing on Aquaman. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> Okay, Aquaman's definitely gonna need some backup. So, as Vision is like pummeling Aquaman, all of a sudden that's when Martian Manhunter's like arm just appears like through Vision's chest, and then like it comes back out like and has like his machinery, his machine heart in his hand. Vision, like okay, he's probably injured by Martian Manhunter's counterphasing, but as Martian Manhunter was like about to pull out his his circuitry vision went intangible again so marshall manhunter was only partially successful i would say that vision is pretty damn injured good but iron man saw this so he flies over to marshall manhunter and he's like don't you hurt my vision friend and he shoots out like these like a whole bunch of freaking missiles that just explode in these fiery blasts and marshall manhunter's like oh my god it's fire my one and only weakness oh i can't take it ah (laughs) Okay, by this time Green Lantern's sight had recovered from the flare and he sees what's happening to Martian Manhunter and feels his mental anguish. So he creates a bunch of fire trucks and firefighters and with hoses <laughs> and they're just spraying down the whole area just clearing out the fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, at this point, Wanda has woken up from her sleep and she puts a hex sphere over Green Lantern's power ring that causes it to like kind of malfunction and it's just like shooting out like these like swirling tangled energies as opposed to what he wants to shoot out. Okay. Will the, will the hex sphere like stay there? Yeah, the hex sphere is gonna stay there. So like Green Lantern's like dang it, and he's like shaking his fist trying to like shake the hex sphere away, but nothing's happening. So Green Lantern at this point is super vulnerable. At which point Vision flies over and cold clocks him at full density. Oh my gosh. Okay, that probably means he's out of this match. Yeah, he was anyway with the hex sphere around his ring. So there's nothing he can do. How is that, that, that possible? It. It's <laughs> Green Lantern. He's like one of my most powerful guys. <laughs> okay. All right, that just happened. All right. OK, so Martian Manhunter alerts the team that Green Lantern is down. Uh-huh. So that's when Batman looks over and sees that it was this Android who, who took out Green Lantern. So he fires off an EMP, which takes out both Iron Man and Vision. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, and, and Vision couldn't go low density to avoid it because he was partially damaged by Martian Manhunter. Well, low density wasn't going to protect him from the EMP anyway. He normally is protected from EMP. But I'll say that at this point, he wasn't due to his damaged nature. This EMP actually wouldn't affect Iron Man because Iron Man has a built in Faraday cage that protects him from that. Uh-huh. But I will say that, yeah, Vision's probably out of the match at this point uh, due to his uh, system being depowered. OK, finally, at this point, Hawkeye has restrung his bow <laughs> and he picks up another arrow off the field and he shoots uh, a net arrow at Batman, which completely covers him in. And it's like an adamantium net, oh, you geez. know, so Batman's like trapped in that net. OK, so Batman's going to need help getting out of the net. So he summons Aquaman for help, who comes over, leaps over with his trident, and his trident is nth metal, which is, like, can cut through anything. The trident is nth metal? Really? Yeah. Oh. And it cuts right through the adamantium net. Can it cut through? Yes, it can. Didn't we have this discussion in the Wolverine-Hawkman fight where we determined that they probably couldn't cut through each other? Dang it. Previous continuity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, regardless, Aquaman lifts the net off of Batman and then throws his trident right at Hawkeye, and the trident hits Hawkeye's bow, and it snaps the bow in half. Is Aquaman a good enough marksman to do that? Yeah, sure. I guess he doesn't even need to hit it with the sharp part of the trident. Aquaman throws it with enough force to probably break a bowline with, with the trident as long as it catches it. Exactly. So so Hawkeye's like, God damn it! <laughs> again. <laughs> All right. Uh, Superman and, and Wonder Woman are still dealing with Thor. Thor's like trying to defend himself with his hammer. He's getting real desperate. So he, he summons like this ice storm that kind of like freezes the whole environment oh, right geez. so the flash is like slipping and sliding around uh-huh. and uh and he ends up like falling onto his ass and sliding <laughs> right, <laughs> and sliding right into right into captain america's shield who's what? like sitting there we embracing for him and captain america just like pow just knocks him out with his shield and like punches him in the face interesting Normally, I would say that, like, you know, the Flash could dodge that, but the cold actually does slow him down, which is why Captain Cold is like his number one villain. Yeah, practically. And he ran into Cap's shield at like almost light speed. So the dude's out. Are you serious? Yeah, that was convenient. Well, he, he didn't have control over his running anymore. True. Captain America capitalized on it. OK, so Superman saw what happened to the Flash as he was fighting Thor. So with his super speed, he swoops, lifts Captain America up into the sky and then lets him go. And Captain America catches himself by landing on his shield. Then he hops back up and Captain America hurls his shield right at Superman. Okay, but Superman catches the shield. Uh And then he sends his ice breath down on Captain America and freezes him again. (laughs) He's like, oh, not again. (laughs) Okay, so Captain America is, you know, just pretty much frozen on the battlefield now. But Iron Man could probably thaw Captain America out. And we all know that Captain America doesn't die from being frozen. Uh-huh. So Iron Man flies over to Captain America and starts thawing him out uh, using heat from you know one of his uh, temperature control systems. Okay, but as he's distracted doing that, that's when Martian Manhunter comes up from behind him and does essentially the same thing he did to Vision. Except this time it's gonna be successful because Iron Man can't go intangible. Right. He-, he sends his arm through Iron Man's body yeah, and, and he, uh, Iron Man has a, a, an especially weak heart. Exactly. That is that it's artificial, so... Right. All right, there you go. All right, I guess Iron Man's out of the match, yes. but Captain America is unthought, I will say that. <laughs> all right, so now, Hawkeye has once again restrung his bow, and by this point, he's just fucking sick of all this <laughs> shit. So he pulls another arrow off the ground, and it's an acetylene arrow, okay? So it's a, a torch-based, like, fire arrow. And okay. he fires it right at Martian Manhunter's head, and it goes through his brain and and kills him, essentially. Oh, jeez. Hawkeye's not above killing. He'll do, it. He'll do it. Jeez. So Hawkeye just took out Martian Manhunter. What now? Uh, dang it. He's, like, my most powerful guys. Not that you have too many more powerful guys out. You have Thor, and that's basically it. No, all my guys are powerful. Okay, so the Justice League all realizes that Martian Manhunter is now dead because they're no longer telepathically linked. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> so Wonder Woman's like, buy Hera. She, like, leaps over to Hawkeye and, and like, oh, no, ha- Hawkeye, Hawkeye, he quickly, like, knocks an arrow and, like, fires it right at Wonder Woman's head, which she blocks with her silver bracelets and uh-huh. then grabs him by the neck and twists his neck. Oh, jeez. Gee, you're just picking on all the weak guys with all of, like, your freaking strongest guys. <laughs> What's up with that? What do you want me to do? <laughs> okay. Oh, okay so hawkeye's out of the match yep all right but uh little did wonder woman know that the arrow that hawkeye fired at her it was no mere arrow ant-man was actually riding on it and what? now wonder woman's like standing there and she's like oh i don't feel so good and all of a sudden she falls down to the ground incapacitated by ant-man who's inside of her brain you know knocking it out okay so now wonder woman's off of the field Jeez! Ant-Man took out Wonder Woman. That's I don't even know if that's possible. <laughs> okay, whatever. She's out. <laughs> it's not like she could block that with her bracelets. Right, exactly. And then and then Ant-Man jumps out of her ear at, at full size. Okay. Okay, so Aquaman just saw what happened. Uh-huh. And so he leaps over with his trident and, and just spears. Ant-Man, but Ant-Man catches the Trident as he's growing into Giant-Man because normally he's not strong enough to to withhold this Trident. Right. Like, he's growing at the same time, so he increases his strength, so, so he's able to hold back Aquaman's Trident. Oh crap! And, and like he like picks Aquaman up like oh, like, no. like he's an action figure. Okay. And like and like Aquaman is like stabbing him with his Trident, but it's just like little pricks, you know. It doesn't even hurt Giant-Man. Okay. Okay, but that's when Aquaman resummons his Kraken, who's been just, like, wandering around the battlefield (laughs) this whole time. Oh, really? (laughs) And now we have, like, two, like, Godzilla-like-sized, like, like, guys, like, just duking it out over the battlefield. (laughs) Yeah, and and Giant-Man punches this Kraken, like, right in the face. Okay, yeah, and the Kraken lifts up its, like, huge tentacle and, like, wraps it around uh, Giant-Man's neck and just, like, chokes him out. (laughs) Oh, jeez, he puts a sleeper hold on him? No, it doesn't just, like, knock him out, it, like, suffocates him. Oh, jeez. Alright, so you're taking Giant-Man out of this match, basically. Exactly. Okay. Scarlet Witch saw this happen <laughs> and so she uses her reality altering powers and she turns the Kraken into like this like you know t- tiny little like fluffy puppy Okay, okay. so now the puppy just running around the field and then she turns to Aquaman and she pulls a Mera on him where she like dehydrates his body completely using her reality altering powers she takes all the, the moisture out of his body how did she know to do that? because dehydration kills anybody <laughs> okay. especially Aquaman though Okay. So, Aquaman, dehydrated, he's, he's he's just a husk, and he's off the field. Okay, but Batman saw this happen. <laughs> and he pulls out a kettle prod, and aims it right at her head, and just lets it fire. He has a kettle prod? Sure. Oh, you know, like a long-range taser. Okay. And she channels the electrical energy that she's being electrocuted with into her hands, and she zaps it right at, at Batman. Okay, but all the time she took, like, channeling that (laughs) into doing, like, a Hadouken, Batman's like, she's gonna throw a Hadouken. (laughs) So, when she throws it, he, like, dives out of the way and, like, throws down a smoke pellet, hiding himself. Okay, that doesn't matter to the Scarlet Witch, because she could just make the smoke dissipate using her powers. But, when she does make the smoke dissipate, Batman's not there. Oh, shit. (laughs) All of a sudden, he's behind her. Uh Uh-huh. He moves stealthily behind her and just clocks her, knocking her out of the battle. All right, that was actually pretty clever. All right, Scarlet Witch is out of the battle. Okay, so now I only have two guys left: Captain America and Thor. This is like Superman versus, and Batman versus Captain America and Thor. But you know what? It's not going to come down to you know their equal matches since your guys like to pick on my weaker guys. Thor is going to be like, you know what? Fuck this Batman guy, and he's just going to throw Mjolnir and it's just going to plow into Batman and, and, uh, and essentially take him out of the field. There's no way Batman can do anything against Mjolnir. Okay, well, if Thor's gonna do that to Batman, Superman's gonna be like, okay, I see how we're playing here, and, and he just grabs Captain America and throws him into space. <laughs> <laughs> okay, alright, so now it's down to just Thor and, and Superman, and I'm feeling pretty confident about this one, because Superman is weak to magic, and Thor mm. shoots magic blasts from his hammer. So what he does is he channels all of his godly energy into Mjolnir, and he's gonna fire what's called the God Blast, and it's just, it's just a magical energy blast that can crack a Celestial's armor in half. It's okay. it's really super powerful, and he just fires it right at Superman, ending this match. Now, as Superman sees Thor like channeling this this energy. Uh huh. Superman pulls out his ultimate weapon, which is the Super Flare, uh-huh. which is like essentially a nuclear bomb. Right. Okay. And he, he's able to do that before Thor channels all of his energy. Okay. Uh, well, that's a great way to stalemate this. Okay. So either Thor defeats Superman with his God Blast right. or Superman defeats Thor with his Super Flare. Right. And they're both like this explosive energy blast no matter what happens whatever environment they're in is just totally annihilated. Exactly. Okay. That's a great way to end this. <laughs> I cannot think of a better way to end that. I actually thought it was gonna come down to the weakest guys. I thought I was gonna take your strongest guys out first, but that's not really how it ended. <laughs> like It is fitting that Superman was the last man standing. Yeah. So I think we've gone on long enough. Let's go ahead and run the stats and find out who wins this match. Let's do it. Okay. I think that was pretty epic. That was it doesn't get more epic than that. If the, you know if this would happen in real life, I don't think any of the Marvel guys would have got hurt. But what? Uh, since I'm trying to play fair, you know, <laughs> of course they had to go tit for tat a little bit. But uh, we did run the stats. We took stats for every single one of these individual characters, and we compared them to each other individual single character. So it took like two hours to actually run all this data because we had to run each match individually. Yeah, it was a long time. But we have results. There was some interesting data that came out of this. Yeah, uh, for sure. It looks like actually. Hawkeye was probably the weakest out of all of them, which I figured. I mean, I don't like to think of Hawkeye like that. I mean, he he is super accurate, super powerful from a distance, you know. Right. But it is kind of easy to to mess with him. <laughs> he didn't win any of the matches against any of the other characters no. on this, on my team. No, not a single other character, including you know some of your weaker characters like like Batman. Uh, Martian Manhunter was by far the most powerful member. Right. He's like way overpowered. Uh, his stats even went above like Superman and Wonder Woman, so that was crazy. And Thor's who was my most powerful character. But I had a lot of solid heavy hitters, including Vision, Ant Man, and Iron Man. Right. So the Avengers definitely compensated for, you know, Hawkeye being the weakest. <laughs> yeah, but I also had Superman, Wonder Woman, and Green Lantern. Right. Yes, that's true. Uh, Captain America and Batman, they were kind of like middle of the road in terms of like how their stats added up and everything like that. Yeah, and and Aquaman was pretty comparable to Ant-Man in terms of like a stat total. Right. A lot of these individual matches came down to like coin tosses because they were pretty evenly matched. Right, right. Overall, though, the winner of our 100th episode duel, Justice League versus Avengers, is the Justice Justice League League team. Yes! DC's better! It's official! <laughs> it's not official! It's official! No, you don't give her official! Than just that. So they couldn't beat all of Marvel. This is just. Sure they could. Uh, I, maybe I just didn't pick the right team. I, I could put in, like, Captain Marvel in there, or, or the Hulk, or somebody like that. Oh, why didn't you put in the Hulk? Uh, because traditionally, I don't think of him as, a, like, a, a classic core Avenger, even though he was a founding member and everything like that. He hasn't really been too involved in the team until, like, recently in the comics, you know? So what but, percentage did the Justice League win? That's all I care well, about. What percentage do, do you think they won it? Like 80. 80? You're way off, my friend. It was way closer than that. Justice League only won 58.7% of the matches. What? The Avengers won 41.3. Really? Which is pretty close, I think, you know? That's not too bad. That is a lot closer than I thought it would be. Against your, That team? Yeah, against with my seven. Yeah, with your top seven against my team, you guys only won 587 matches out of a thousand. That's that's respectable. That's a good match. Thank you, thank you. I mean, I'll take respectable considering how overpowered DC is. It's all a bunch of cheater characters. Oh my god! Who you shouldn't really even like in the end because how did they lose at anything? Right. <laughs> I mean, no, honestly, like if I would have chosen Cyborg and you you would have chosen like the Hulk, this may have turned out different. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely choose the Hulk if we ever revisit this match. And you choose like the Justice League B team, and I choose the Avengers B team. Uh-huh. I'll definitely go with the Hulk in that match for sure. That'd be cool. Yeah, maybe episode two hundred. Oh yeah, maybe maybe that'll be a couple years away. But <laughs> that does it for this episode. You know, even though Marvel lost, I'm not too hurt about it because I think the Avengers put up a respectable fight. That being said, Marvel sucks. DC's a bunch of cheaters. So <laughs> yeah. Next week will be our holiday charity duel between Detective Chimp and Howard the Duck. Please don't forget to visit tinyurl.com slash chimp duck. And again, that link will be in the show notes to go ahead and check out the awesome art that Shannon V. Sabinter drew for that particular duel. Again, all the proceeds go to a charity called Women Helping Women. Please rate and review our show if you've listened to it for a while. If not, please go ahead and subscribe to the show. We put out episodes every week, and uh, they're a lot of fun. Definitely check out our past catalog of episodes. Yeah, and share us with your friends. If you know anyone who may enjoy our podcast, please spread the word. And uh, also, don't forget that you guys have plenty of extra content to listen to with the Redual episodes. So go, go ahead and go back to some of those and check out the show notes to find the time code to start listening at. Right. If you want to find us on social media we're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, go ahead and visit dynamicduel.com where you'll find links to our social media accounts as well as a link to our merchandise store where, again, you can find the commemorative 100th episode t-shirt of the JLA fighting the Avengers. Yeah, it's really cool. Definitely check it out. But we will talk to you guys next week. And until then, up, up and away, true believers.